Hello everyone, I am on here to talk to you guys about one of our affiliates, Culture of Life 1972. Culture of Life 1972 started in 2019 with a vision to design a fashion brand that celebrated all life. They care about the impact that style has on future generations. One by one, they are leading a fashion movement that protects and values life. It's simple, fashion should be good for you. You can head over to their website, col 1972.com and use our code those other girls 1972 to get 10% off of all of your purchases. They have cute clothes, jewelry and accessories available for everyone. All right, you guys, thanks so much. Can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture or victim culture? Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Those Are the Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory, and we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. Um, So today's episode I am doing um, with Olivia. It's kind of a solo, but with a guest. Um, And it's an episode I've really wanted to talk about for a while because um, I want to say it was my sophomore year in college. I read an article about how um, one of the least donated items were pads and tampons to women's shelters and how hard it was for women to get pads and tampons. And I just, for whatever reason, that really stuck with me. And I read this article and I remember thinking, okay, something like, because it's something that we most of us don't really think twice about like whenever your period comes like okay here it is um let me get the proper things that I need you don't it's not something that is an insecurity um for most of us but for a lot of people and not just women in shelters there's women um everyday women that you might even interact with on a daily basis that it is kind of a hard thing because also too pads and tampons are starting to get expensive um and as you guys know, last year we raised um, money to get some for the women's shelter. There's a women's shelter in Charlotte, and we're doing it again this year. Last year the goal was $200. I want to say it, we raised $213. Um, and then this year I put the goal up to $250. So let's um, let's try to surpass that goal again this year. But um, just to talk about like what exactly it is and give us some insight on it, I have brought on my friend Olivia, who she, we've interviewed her before with her organization, Women of Mountain City. So she's actually going to talk about period poverty in general, and we're just going to discuss it a little bit and um, pretty much try to convince you guys why we all should care um, and what we can all do to help. So without further ado, Olivia, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi. Yes, I am from Mountain City, Tennessee. Um, I'm right at the corner 
there near Boone um, and Damascus, Damascus, Virginia. So I'm in that little tiny corner in the top of Tennessee. Um, and I started a period poverty nonprofit. Um, now it is an empowerment center, but we seriously still focus on period poverty um, because of the real barriers that women face getting these products. So um, a little bit about me. I am from rural Appalachia where we do not have women's um, nonprofits. We don't have a shelter, um, no soup kitchen, no advocacy. So we're in a very rural area, um, no Walmart. So getting these products um, are a little more difficult for women in these kinds of areas um, than maybe somebody that's living in a more metropolitan area. Um, so I decided to start this nonprofit with the hopes of supplying schools and women that were facing home insecurity or poverty at an extreme level, um, these products to just get them back on their feet, help them and to erase some of the stigma that's been put around this subject in general. Yes, thank you so much um, for that introduction. Also, thank you for what you're doing. Um, a couple of things I wanted to talk about in what you just said so I guess can we discuss because I'm pretty sure a good chunk of our listeners live in an area so for example in Charlotte if I I can even if I need pads really quick I can even run up to the gas station and grab some like we are in an area like there's some pretty much everywhere not only is it everywhere Mm -hmm. though it is kind of expensive in the sense of like it's I want to say because I wear pads exclusively because I don't do the whole tampon thing. Um, I want to say it's like $5 just for maybe like enough for a couple of days. Um, But if you're living in in a, like a, if you're on a tight budget, $5 can kind of be a lot. So can you possibly um, discuss maybe like some of the reasons people could be? um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um let's start in the younger days, right? Like let's start when we are 10, 11, 12, 13, and we're starting our period around that time Um, in areas where, you know, like I said before, there's not a Walmart, there's not all these places that are immediate to them at like in metropolitan areas, you've got young women, right? Who are a, they might be learning about periods in school B um, and they might not. So when this is happening to them, um, are they having a conversation with their parents about what a period is? Um, And we know that addiction and poverty and all kinds of other circumstantial things can influence the way that a young woman grows up and, and if these conversations are happening. So I always like to start like, when we're at that young tender age of like, oh my God, what is happening to me? I am bleeding from my vagina. This is weird. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do they know that they have options? Uh, Most of the time, yes. You know, their parents or their grandparents, whoever's raising them does have this conversation. Um, But we really need to look into what happens when mom or dad or grandpa or grandma Um, or guardian cannot afford those things along with the other bills that they're having to pay. Okay. So I always like to think about that and start off with that. And what we've found in our area is that girls feel very, very uncomfortable asking anybody for these products. They don't feel comfortable asking a teacher, a nurse. So um, why do you think that is? 
stigma, right? And that's one yeah. thing we'll get to is like cultural barriers. Um, so, you know, not only do they, maybe they're not getting it at home, they feel uncomfortable asking these questions because not enough people are making it a normal thing, right? So yeah. I was fortunate enough to where my dad um, was never, made me ne- he never made me feel weird about having a period you know, and you know how it is growing up as a girl, um, mm-hmm. you know, and your dad, like maybe you accidentally left a bloody tampon in the trash can and like your dad went in there to get something and you're just like, Oh my God. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and, but luckily I had a really good childhood in that my parents never made that to be such a normal thing. Like I was the kind of girl that walked to the pool with a tampon in my hand and didn't care, but for the most part, that's not a normal thing, especially no. in rural areas where culture plays a big role. So you've got that financial barrier where maybe mom and dad can't afford it. Maybe, you know, they just can't afford that added expense. Um, but then you've also got that cultural barrier of like, it's not being discussed. Um, for example, in the county where I um, do my nonprofit, they're not allowed to show girls how to even put in a tampon. Um, really? It's very, yes, the, in, in fear that it would promote promiscuity. Wow. Right? So we've, That's, we've girl, wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, the mountains <laughs> are like, they're their own uh, region of this country. Um, wow. But you've got that cultural barrier, right? Where it's like, we, there's this weird association between something going in your vagina, almost being sexual. Um, and you know, sometimes I'll hear, I'll hear people say, well, if you, if you give out free tampons and pads, you got to give out free condoms. Okay. One contraception for sex. (laughs) What? Wow. It's really, it's, it really just boils down. Like, are we normalizing a product? for young women are we normalizing that this is a hygiene product yeah I think just sorry to cut you off really quick I that the cultural aspect is so that's so real because I remember for I remember one time I was at um an event or something and I I needed to change my pad so I took it out of my purse and I remember because I was just going to put it in my pocket real quick because I didn't want to carry my purse to the bathroom and go to the bathroom my mom saw me and she was like oh my god put that I cannot believe you took that out put that up put that up and she was like making this big hoopla over it and I remember if I wanted to get out of stuff in high school I would just say I'm having a woman thing and my teacher would be like okay 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 wouldn't even you know ask me more questions and it could I mean there was a time or two where I wasn't having a woman thing. I just knew that he's so uncomfortable that I could just say that and he's not going to ask any more questions. So I definitely making normalizing um, these products normalizing having a period in general, I think is a good step. I mean, we've said it on the podcast. I don't remember if we even said it when you were here, but we've said the thing before where it's like um, a lot of times we whispered, like whenever I'm on my period, as opposed to yeah I'm on my period and we gotta we just say it normally and like just talk about it as it's as if it's like not this evil billy man this terrible curse that we have I think it'll definitely help especially younger women exactly it's those little micro examples of like normalizing it like for example I was at the gym and a guy was like aren't you gonna work out with us and I was like nah dude I just started my period and he just was like 
okay. I'm like, yeah, dude, like the first day is always the hardest for me. I feel like, you know, I feel like dirt today, like not really wanting to do any activity, jumping rope or anything. Yeah. So I'm going to skip out today. And just saying that out loud is like normalizing it. Just being like, you know what? I'm actually on my period, not really feeling that great. Um, But yeah, like getting past those things. And I think we need to acknowledge the reason why it's weird is because it has to do with a vagina, right? Like it has to do with the female sex organ, right? And Mm -hmm. that it makes people uncomfortable to think, I guess, that these products are touching in and it involves this, but the let, you know, the more we destigmatize that too, right? Like how many times did you grow up seeing a, a drawn picture of a guy's body part? Um, I feel like I definitely saw it more than I saw of a woman's. Right. I mean, I grew up seeing drawings and guys talking about it all the time. And it's like, there's been this weird hyper focus on men and this weird like thing about women and it's gross. And it's like, you know what? Neither one are gross. Like we're just human beings with parts and like, let's just stop being weird about it. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, You're so right. And I'm just also thinking about, um, the, what you were saying about like if we give out pads and tampons we might as well give out condoms those Mm -hmm. are just two completely separate things and I guess it is because it is part of a it's a sexual organ but Mm -hmm. in my head I'm just like I don't see how you could even associate the two like that's oh man I don't and if like you said though if we normalize if um the vagina in the sense of, you know, you don't have to like plaster them everywhere, but if we just talk about it almost as if it's just a part of your body. And it's right. even if we talk about it as it's, a, it's sacred or something like that, we, right. it's the language, like having this conversation just makes me think it's just the language. The language is like a language big, is everything. Yeah. And a, it's also yeah. about speaking up, you know, like not to, I don't want to dive in another subject, but what I meant by like seeing all these drawings growing up and like boys always, for some reason, being weirdly obsessed with drawing these images in the bathroom stall or whatever. It's more like when you see those things, say, Hey, you know what? This makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't like seeing this. Like, you know, speaking up when you feel a certain way about the context of what's going on and the context of periods is completely normal and we should treat it as such. You know, when it comes to sex and other things, that's a whole different topic of how we should treat and talk about vaginas. But when we are talking about something that happens at 10, 11, 12 years old, it's a natural part of life, like that should be destigmatized, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, so we, we give out pads and tampons all over the schools. They were not offered for free in the bathrooms they were girls were required to come and ask and what we said was like that's ridiculous you know these girls bless their hearts they're you're already making them feel weird by not giving them enough education about this subject why do you think that they're actually going to come to you and ask for it so right we pushed you know put the products in the bathroom now schools everywhere um, in the county are starting to leave them in the bathroom. So girls don't have that barrier of like, oh, I have to ask somebody. This is just freely given. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, this is kind of sort of not really a political question. Um, sure. and you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But what do you think about making it um, 
free, like making pads, periods, tamp- periods, making pads and tampons. We already mm. get our period for free right? <laughs> <laughs> without even really asking for it. Um, what do you think about making like pads and tampons for free just in general, like everywhere? I disagree with that notion um, because if we start there, then it's kind of a Pandora's box of like other things that we could yeah. claim that we need like soap and we need toothbrushes. We need toothpaste. Um, I think that definitely if you are on food stamps, this is where I think that pads and tampons should be free is if you are on food stamps or some social service. So if you are able to buy food, um, with an EBT card, it should, I believe those things should be included because if you need help paying for food, you probably also need help paying for if you've got two or three daughters and then yourself. Yeah. Um, that can oh, get expensive. That's another point that I, that literally just crossed my mind. Like people with multiple girls, like right. just, yes. not just thinking about yourself <laughs> needing it, but people with multiple girls, cause you're going to need more than right. one pack a month then. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't realize that it wasn't covered. I guess, well, to be honest, I just never really thought about it, that mm. it's not covered. Okay. Yeah. Cause I go back and forth too on whether it should be free. Cause in my head, I'm like, well, it's a beautiful thing that women do and we can't help it. But then, I mean, you're right. Like it does open the Pandora's box for so many other things that essentially right. we need as well, but yeah. Well, you know, I, this conversation about, you know, multiple girls brings me back to what we do every week and we deliver pads and tampons to teenagers, um, every Thursday at their home and it is anonymous. Um, Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. We do this because a lot of girls in Appalachia are being raised by grandma because mom and dad are addicted to opioids. That's a legitimate crisis going on. Um, in Appalachia, our opioid addiction. And what happens is like these kids get put with grandma who's getting SSI, maybe a couple hundred bucks a month. And that's all they have to survive on. So what we do is we bring that to them. They don't, you know, they feel comfortable because it's anonymous. We leave it on their doorstep. We do that every week. Um, And that's, you know, kind of that soft point of like, also with people that are home insecure, these women really can't help it. There's no if, ands, or buts. There's no, you know, quote unquote excuse, you know, children, women, young girls, just like they deserve soap, you know, they Mm -hmm. deserve pads and tampons. So do people in shelters, um, because we all know that free bleeding is just not fun for anybody unless you have the proper products like if you have um you know period panties or the reusable pad which I use um now we have menstrual cups there's a lot of things that you can use that are more long term than pads and tampons and we also provide those products free at no expense at our office but when you are somebody that's facing home insecurity and you're in a shelter I mean just imagine the blood and trying to contain that period like they deserve if you're thinking about donating to a shelter really consider those items too because it's a health issue if you don't if you can't clean yourself up yeah and I just think about how uncomfortable it is sometimes if I don't catch 
when mm-hmm. usually I have an app that tells me and sometimes I might like ignore it or sometimes I just don't or maybe like I get it the day before my app says or something like that right. um and I I just think about how uncomfortable I am when it's like oh man I wish I had on a pad right now mm-hmm. I just can't imagine living that way for seven days out of a month every right. month so I do think it's really important for us to have these conversations, I think it's important for us to see what we can do, especially because, I mean, still to this day, it is the least donated. And I think it's just the least donated because it's the least thought about. Like when I think of a shelter, I'm thinking of food and clothing, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes socks, but like, I'm not really thinking of like something that's basic and something that every woman needs, every woman. You know, and the cool thing is like, so my nonprofit started out as period poverty and now it's a, an empowerment center. And it's kind of like this subject of periods can really grow into other conversations about yes. women's issues. You know, it's yeah. something so human and biological that I think everybody can get on board with. It yes. doesn't matter your political beliefs or yes. anything. It's kind of that issue that brings everybody in and then once you get at that table then you can start opening the the conversation up to other things and it can grow from there so I think it's awesome um that what you guys are doing because I actually didn't know that there was a statistic about that being the least donated item so that I'm gonna use that for sure (laughs) yeah yeah it's the least donated item um and right behind the socks but I think that also just kind of shows that it's just over looked I mean I when I read that I just remember thinking oh yeah that is something that people will need because for the most part we all know where we're going to get it for the most part there's um you know there's few people who don't but for the most part we all know where we're going to get one for the most part we just or I remember when I was younger I never even really had to think about it I would just go to my bathroom like it wasn't even a thought so I I just yeah I just really hope um that everybody listening can think about this I guess more because I'll tell I, you a story that I feel like your viewers would really appreciate on okay. this subject um that there is a secret institution that knows about this that others don't and it's the police you wouldn't think so oh. but um I have been very supported by police in this really country. yes okay because and and you wouldn't expect this right but yeah never crossed my mind (laughs) they know it because they go into people's homes and one day I was like asking for donations this was the very first time that I even stood out in my community and asked for help before we got a building or anything and a cop rolls up my immediate thought was like oh my god I'm in trouble like I'm gonna get in trouble and he was like I like what are you up to told him I was getting pads and tampons blah 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 And he just was like, thank you so much for doing this. And he got really serious. And I was like, well, of course, you're welcome. And he was (laughs) like, I see this firsthand all the time. And he was like, girls bleeding in their cars. He's like, I've pulled women over that have to shove like napkins in their shorts because I'm getting ready to arrest them and they're not wearing anything. He was like, I've gone into homes where young girls are sleeping in beds where blood spots are all over, mm. um, on couches. Like, you know, the officers have to see the worst, you know, yeah. They, yeah. they're not typically going into homes where everybody's fully like well taken care of. These are, they're hitting the homes that, you know, there's neglect or abuse or, 
things like that, drugs. And he just was like, I see this so much. And I just wish that like, I could have some on hand and be like, ma'am, here you go, you know, put, use this before you have to go in. And it really just, it's, it was eye opening for me, for sure. You know, that somebody that, you know, a force that I respect so much is um, on the same page about how this is a real issue and it should be acknowledged. So, yeah. Wow. I really, great story. I really like that. So I wonder yeah. if, you know, anyone listening, how beneficial it would be if you were to just take some to your local police station, just give them some to have on hand. Cause you're right. Like a police officer usually isn't going to go to someone's house. Cause they're having a really good day where they're being taken right. care of and everything's going fine. Right. That's some they very... have to the worst. And we have yeah. a great relationship with our sheriff's department. You know, we've donated to the jail. If you're looking for places to donate, um, some of the places that we hit are like the boys and girls club, the community center, um, even senior centers, right. Where that oh, are not yeah. profits, like candy yeah. liners, you know, for, for older folks. And we hit the schools, we hit any nonprofit really that works with women or children, because you never know if somebody accidentally started, oh, in churches, by the way. Um, what are you going to do when somebody starts their period in your place and they have nothing, you know, it's it's good to be able to provide that security. And that is something I'll never forget in graduate school. Um, I was working three jobs. I was leaving an abusive marriage and I was in grad school and I would start my period every time I never kept up with it. And that's just how my brain was like jambled. Okay. Yeah. There's a million other things to worry about. (laughs) Exactly. So I'd be sitting in class and I knew, and I was like, Oh no, 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 no. And I would go to the bathroom and every single time, shout out to app state university in Boone, North (laughs) Carolina. Um, they always had them available and it saved me from having to leave, having to, you know, stress, worry, stuff, toilet paper. I mean, yeah. It was really, it was so sweet to have that support. You, you know, you don't think that that seems like a big deal, but man, that was such a big deal for me. Yeah. 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 I think about a time when, um, I believe I was, when I was in high school, I was volunteering at a summer camp and one of the little girls, um, had, wasn't there for like three or four days. And we we're like, Whoa, where have you been? And she said Mm -hmm. that she had started her period, but she didn't have, she lived with her grandma and she didn't have any pads or tampons or anything like that. So her grandma just made her stay home because they didn't have anything. And one of the other counselors, she was an older woman. She was like, oh, okay. And then she just went and bought a bunch. And just when her grandmother came and picked her up, she just put them in the trunk of her car. And it's just like tiny things like that. Um, Well, the interesting thing is, is, have you ever thought about how many girls have had to leave school because of that? Yes. Yeah. You know, and I think true equity, true equity is when girls get the same chance as boys. Yeah. And we not only donate pads and tampons to schools, but we include wipes and a pair of leggings. I mean, we go as far as I like that. Yes, girl. And we had the principal of the middle school approach us when we got a a small community grant. And she said, since you have donated those things, not one girl's been sent home. Wow. That's really good. 
Mm-hmm. Now you're making me think of like, well, first of all, <laughs> um, Vic was here. She would tell you every time we have someone on that does some community thing, I'm like, okay, so now how do we solve this problem? <laughs> I'm so easily influenced. But <laughs> now I'm just trying to think like of some schools here in Charlotte that could definitely yeah. um, use that. The legging thing is, and wipes is such a good idea. So there was one time in high school, it was so embarrassing. I definitely had to sit in the nurse and wait for my mom to come because I just was not prepared. And it was incredibly yeah. obvious, um, but that would be really good if they had had leggings or something. So I didn't miss, a, I missed like half the day because my mom had to come drive all the way across town, go home mm-hmm. and then come and get me or come and bring what I needed. Um, but wow, that's a very good, man, that's smart, Olivia. Well, I mean, girl, like, so I just hit up somebody I knew that sold clothing. She, shout out to Megan at Blown Away, um, Hair and Nails. She gets me leggings wholesale price and she doesn't charge me anything over that. Nice. Um, so I'm only paying like a dollar for leggings and a hundred bucks for a hundred leggings. Yeah. Is, a lot you know it doesn't take a lot to do this and putting them in a pack with wipes so you can clean yourself up another thing that these leggings have saved girls from going home is like holes in their pants or you know school dress codes yeah Uh, if something violates a dress code I think sometimes we need to be mindful that not every young woman has somebody at home that will wash her clothes or will buy her a new pair of jeans there are girls that go to school that don't have underwear on or have been wearing the same pair for three days. This is real stuff. You know, taking a micro look at poverty when you're serving your community, you have to do it. And since I've started this nonprofit, wow, I, um, I definitely have a whole new, there's a whole new meaning of life for me of these micro things of cause and effect and poverty, the effects of it go as far as you know a girl having to wear the same bloody panties for a couple of days because mom doesn't have any laundry they don't have a washing machine I mean real stuff like washing machines get broken water bills get turned off you know um, if mom and dad can't pay them so what are you what are you supposed to do being a young woman yeah yeah wow and yeah that's such a good point and once again, like you just don't think of these things. You re- these are just things that in our and I'm gonna say it in our privileged, at least for myself, a very yeah. privileged life. There's yeah. never been a time where I mean that's not true in college, but that's a whole nother story where I was like, dang, I'm out of underwear. That happened a couple times in college because. But here's the thing: all I would have to do is just go downstairs and do my laundry. That's it. Like it's not like I had. Um, something stopping me it was just me being lazy but in this privileged life you just don't think about things mm-hmm. as well as and starting said, a nonprofit, like trust me I was the privileged girl still am but um I didn't understand things until you get out into your community yeah um, you know for example it's like I could live in the same bubble for the rest of my life but because I put myself out there and make myself open to anybody in this community, a judge-free ear, um, showing empathy, making people feel comfortable. And, you know, that's what we do at our space on the four lane. We provide a quote unquote safe space where people can just freely tell us what's going on. So over the last year and a half, 
Mallory, I feel like I've heard stories that, you know, would probably keep you at night that kept me up at night, but it's Mm. almost kind of normal for me now to, to see the real effects of poverty and abuse and neglect and all these things that like, when somebody tells me this is going on, I'm ready to act and it's not shocking anymore. Yeah. You know, just really going out there and listening, uplifting voices, you know, you and I, are privileged because we're sitting here on Spotify or wherever you're listening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's reaching out to women and uplifting their voices and giving them a chance to speak about their lived experiences that really, it's, it's life-changing. And you'll start figuring out what to do for your community um, the more you listen. Yeah, well, thank you so much um, for this. I'm trying, is there anything you're else welcome. you wanna share? I can't really think of anything more to ask okay I feel like you did a great job yeah and honestly I'm super inspired um you know right now we're just our goal is just to do that 250 dollars but I would love to surpass it and I would love to right now we're going to give it to a shelter but I mean you've just gave me so many ideas for other things that we could be doing for schools for just different neighborhoods I'm even thinking of a neighborhood now that like could probably use some help. So I just really appreciate you. And I thank you for all that you are doing in your community and, you know, saying yes to God, um, because I know you've changed so many people's lives. So on behalf of them or anyone else, if you don't get thank yous, because I know, thank you. I really appreciate that because I'm sure so many people are grateful for all the work you've done. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And um, we just want to keep inspiring and planting seeds for this to keep rolling for generations to come. Yes. And last thing too, I want to say about like what you're doing, like, I hope everyone listening, if you do feel inspired, like this is another reason these conversations are good because we're seeing what Olivia is doing and the impact she's making. She can't be in every single city in the U S or even in the world. So like you can start something similar to that in your city. Like you right. can be Olivia someplace else. <laughs> you right. um, and I hope that you know listening to this at least like start plants a seed or empowers anyone listening who feels called to do something like this. Um, and I'm sure you wouldn't mind if people reach out to you or anything like absolutely. that. Absolutely, absolutely. You know because people have asked me to branch out in other counties and this, this, and that, and my answer is always no. Like this is my home. And, you know, it's like, take care of your home, take care of your community. Don't worry about the the fame of like, you know, expanding and more people knowing you, like the most important people that need to know you is your own community. You you know, that's, that's worth more than, than any sort of recognition. Yes. I love that. And honestly, and okay seriously the last thing now but (laughs) honestly like we know that what really helps people is the community and if you focus on your community your impacts can reach Mm -hmm. so many other people and that's the reason why you should be doing it more than fame like you said it doesn't matter about the fame it matters about just helping people and Mm -hmm. if you're concerned about oh I don't want to stay small but like you impacting Mary Sue Mary Sue can impact Barbara Ann I don't know why I'm using those names but (laughs) you know like (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't know but anyway like you can help 
you helping one person can help so many other people. So everyone listening, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a quick one. I mean, I thought it was very informative either way, whether, um, you know, we don't have to go an hour for it to be informative, but I really hope you guys um, took something out of it. And if you are interested in doing something, really seriously, reach out to Olivia. Olivia, how can people uh, get connected with you? Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook, our page, Women of MC. Um, and you can message us, you can text me, you can call me. Um, we have a 24 hour hotline. So we always call and text people back. Um, if you're looking for support on how to get started in your own community, I am happy to share with you um, the first steps. Yes, thank you so much, um, everyone. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, like, subscribe. Also, donate to um, our feminine products collection. It's on our website, thosearethegirls.com. As soon as you click it, you'll see a donate button. And then right under that is a donate button for the feminine products. Also too, if you have been um, inspired or touched by what Olivia said, donate to her as well on at her website, um, womenofmountaincity.com. Yes, ma'am. There's a donate link there as well. So do that. It will be very beneficial as you you can hear. She's actually (laughs) making real change. So, and I'm sure every nonprofit that you'll ever meet, they're going to want some money. Um, (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram, at thoseothergirlspodcast, and on Twitter, at TOG underscore podcast. Those Other Girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.